So there's a global pandemic. A virus is still sweeping across our world. And society has changed. Why is this happening? Is someone going to do something about it? What would you do if a store had a no-mask policy? If you haven't considered these questions yet, you soon will. And we will be here with you, your personal guides on this journey, this descent into chaos. Thank you for joining us on Staring at Goats. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Staring at Goats, your number one source of information. 20% of dentists agree that this is the best place to learn about COVID. Uh, we're happy We're happy to have you here. I'm your host, Stephen, joined as always by uh, Jacob, who actually spouts actual statistics, and Travis, who just flipping knows stuff and comes from Michigan, where things are just basically upside down. So it's good to have uh-huh. everybody here. Uh, again, for another episode of the show that none of us want to keep doing, but feel compelled uh, to keep this ball rolling, keep the pandemic entertaining for everyone, despite our sense of dread and our staring into the void, wondering who's next. Uh, boy, oh boy, here we are. Guys, how are y'all tonight? Jacob, what's up? How are you? 60% of dentists agree that 20% of the facts coming from this show are correct. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Travis, how's Michigan? How's Michigan? Good? Uh, Not bad. We managed to avoid all the nasty snowstorms. So, at least here. Good. No bringing out the snowblower today. Not yet. That's that's an important thing. Well, uh, how are you, Stephen? Whoa, how am I? I'm fine, fine, fine. You know what? Let's take a minute. (laughs) F-I-N-E, fine. fine. (laughs) You know it. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into oh. it. Let's just get into Let's it because I got a bone to pick. I'm not <laughs> one for bad picking. As hell? Oh, 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 Jacob. Oh, I'm Jacob. as bad as hell. You know what really grinds my gears? You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. HOAs can suck my butt. Uh, I'm so <laughs> sick. Look. I have an HOA, and this HOA does not... I have praised them. I have told the people, my HOA stays out of my way. My HOA lets me live my life. I give them $75 a quarter, and they upkeep the tennis court, and they make sure the Greenway doesn't have you know oil slicks on it, ready to destroy anyone who decides to run that morning. They take care of me. Well, today, all of that changes, because the HOA decided that today, in the middle of a pandemic, they would send me a note and that note would say i hope you're doing well was noted that you have kids play equipment in your front yard that needs to be moved to the back if you could please move it to the back that would be great thank you and i said well you can shove that right up your butt because i am locked inside my house with my child and nowhere to go in the middle of a pandemic. And if I want to have a piece of playground, if I want to build a fortress in my front yard to keep myself sane and my family from eating other people in the neighborhood, I'm going to do it. I am going to put whatever I want out there. I'm bound to put a water slide and a swimming pool out there in February just to just to shove it right up there, right up there on collective anuses because it's not fair. It's not okay to send somebody a note in a pandemic when that pandemic is condemning me to my house to tell me what I should do in my neighborhood or in my house. 
I have done everything you've asked of me, HOA. I have been a good citizen of this neighborhood. I don't park an old Chevy out there on blocks with the hood open for six months. No, I don't keep a boat out in my driveway for the better part of six years without using it. No, I just put a little swing hanging from a tree in my yard. Just a little swing. It ain't even a big swing, y'all. It's not one of those big old monstrosities with a bench that swings back and forth and like three swings and a slide. It's that thing Jacob's pointing at. A little kid's blue swing has been hanging from a tree limb, and they told me my kid's playground equipment needs to be moved to my backyard where I don't have a limb that hangs low enough for it. So, no, I will not be relocating my swing set until I see every other house in this neighborhood start cutting their grass, doing their swing sets, and taking care of their mailbox like we're called to in our HOA terms. If they're not going to hold everybody to it, they can't hold me to it. I'm rebelling, baby. Suck it. You rebel, Steve. Go you die in a fire. Absolutely. <laughs> you bunch of buttholes. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with him. I, I still can't believe. So I know. I've I've seen that, that swing for five years. You've had it I have in not your front it. yard for five years. Yeah, it's been there. Nobody's complained. They said a word. No one's so, ever said So what anything. you do is you don't do a thing. And yeah. in five years, you send them a note saying... <laughs> I understand you would like this moved. <laughs> That's it. You just, yeah. you just acknowledge it in five years. It took right. them five years to acknowledge it was there. Yeah. You take five years to acknowledge the letter. Somebody on this bloody HOA board, we had voting recently to get new board members or to people could get on the board. I think they added some board members who are sticklers and punks. And I'm going to find out who they are. I'm going to write them a strongly worded letter and say, don't you come around here in the middle of COVID-19 and tell me I can't have something in my yard that I need for my no, sanity. No, I, think, I, I'm, I think I may actually clip the front half of the show and actually play it for your HOA board. That would I, be I may fine. find out when their next meeting is, play it for them, and tell them they can all shove it up their butts. I'll do it for you, Stephen, so that you don't have to get your hands dirty. I don't mind getting my hands dirty. I pay $75 a quarter to be angry to at them. <laughs> when you come down to join me at the HOA meeting and be like, mm, I would like to bring to order uh, this problem that I have, you emailing me in the middle of a pandemic to tell me that I can't, my house can't be fun in the front yard. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll just stand behind you, arms crossed, and glower. Yeah. That'd be your muscle. That'd be, you'll be my this muscle. Is, this is my representative. <laughs> I need I need Hammer Dwarf and you to just be standing behind me with your beards and your tallness. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Come at that me. will work. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, HOAs. HOAs can just get in the bin. I don't That's right. get it. And I don't understand how anything they say is enforceable anyway. I really it's, don't. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, I get some things. A lot of places are like luxury neighborhoods where the people in the neighborhood would like it to be enforced grass at two inches in mailboxes or whatever the devil. This ain't that kind of neighborhood. It never has been. Don't try to make it that neighborhood. It's a middle-class neighborhood in Apex. It doesn't need to be treated like McGregor Downs, uh, which is like... $700,000 houses you buy and drive around your stupid Tesla in your Porsche. This is for people with, like, a Toyota Camry. We live in a neighborhood that's not designated as luxury. Uh, though I do find it to be quite nice as it has a library and a community pool. Ha! Huh. 
which we have to pay to get to. They don't actually give you access to the pool as part of the HOA. You pay separately because it's a private pool. Um, so let that sink in for a second. That's why I only pay $75 a quarter, which everybody goes, what? Mine's like $250 a month. I'm like, well, that's bad. You should move. That's <laughs> yes. illegal. That's downright theft. Get out of there. <laughs> uh, I, I was telling Stephen this earlier, but whenever we were purchasing our house a few years back here, uh, we were looking for homes that specifically did not have an HOA because mm-hmm. we do not want to be beholden to somebody else to tell us exactly how we can and cannot live our, our lives in our home. So we were looking for places that did not have. Luckily, we found a place here that we uh, we do not have an HOA. We do have a $7 a year commitment to it's not an HOA, but it's like a community fund where they, they uh, give all the money to um, f- feed the lights, the street lights. But that's community chest. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did the same thing when I was buying my house. I specifically tried to avoid anywhere that had an HOA. Like that was one of the first questions I would ask my realtors. All right. So does, is there an HOA in this neighborhood? No? Good. Let's go take a look. <laughs> Not even going to look at the house if it has it. The bad news, it's depending. It's going to be a damn nice house for me to look at. There's so many. They're so normal now, though. Everybody just accepts them. Any new neighborhood has an HOA. And, and this one, luckily, the HOA is, like I said, they've been really, I've never got a note from them. My grass has been stupid. The yards around here, not, not all of them are pristine. The mailboxes, some of them are falling apart. Our HOA doesn't police anything, and I think somebody got on that board that wants them to do that, and that person yeah. needs to find a new... I need to know who they are, so next round of voting, I can get rid of them uh, yes. because they are not helping us. They're just fussing. That's just fussing. That's not doing anything to make the neighborhood better. It's just it's just anonymous yeah. fussing. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, do you remember the in-laws whenever, right before they moved in? So they bought the house that they live in in April. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't move in until November. Mm-hmm. And so we were the ones who were doing all the upkeep of the yard. And it would go maybe a week or two weeks sometimes in the summer where, where we hadn't done it, especially if we were on vacation or we went up to uh, West Virginia to see the in-laws. Um, it was before they had moved down here. So sometimes the grass would get a little bit longer than maybe it should. There was one time where the grass was not long. We just had not weed the yeah. sides. And it was it was along the sidewalk and along the driveway. Just it, it the the grass was not long in the slightest, but it had just rolled over onto the sidewalk a little bit. Mm-hmm. We got a letter basically saying you will be fined if you do not take care of this within a week for every day that it is not being taken care of. And yeah. oh, I about lost it. Lost it. <laughs> yeah. T- let me write a letter to them saying I stepped on dog crap walking down the sidewalk at night. Uh, maybe they should hunt down that person and tell yeah, them I mean, to do something. I was actually I impacted. Only, I could only live in a neighborhood with an HOA that would allow me to reenact the moment from the X-Files episode. And I don't know if either of you remember this or not. I just, I just remember it because it was like this like Stepford Wives type neighborhood thing going on and Mulder they move in and they've got super strict HOA rules and there's just this shot it's a low angle shot and Mulder walks out with a pink flamingo sticks it in the front yard and then just looks out and says bring it on and I just want to do that I would do that in an HOA and then I'd move out the next week yes (laughs) yes yes anyway 
I didn't want to spend too much time on it, but it was a pandemic related and annoying to me and I needed to get it out and I feel better now and I can't wait to the next HOA meeting, which I get to go to and tell them to put it up their rear ends. I'll be there for you, Steven. Thanks. I'll be there in spirit. (laughs) I appreciate that. Jacob, what do you got to, uh, to hopefully lift me out of this terrible hole I'm in? Um, school reopenings. So oh, good. Our, Great. Yes. <laughs> that must mean COVID's gone. Thanks for the no, positive no, no, news. No, no, no. Show's over, everybody. That's right. <laughs> but um, I will tell you this. The CDC has collected data for about the last eight months on on places that have had schools open. And more specifically, I think a lot of their data came from Wisconsin. Um, a few locations in North Carolina. A few, I mean, there were a few everywhere. Um, but they, they released two studies. The first study basically says that Look, as long as the kids are wearing masks, the long as long as they're social distancing, and as long as the air handling system within the school has been upgraded and updated, and that they constantly ventilate the place, so keep the windows open and keep fans going and et cetera, that they're not seeing a huge rate of transmission in these schools. Um, and so the governor actually quoted that today, saying the CDC came out and outlined that if schools are going to reopen, here are the guidelines. You've got to wear masks. You've got to update your ventilation systems. You've got to, to try to maintain social distancing, both in the classroom and in places like the cafeteria and other places, um, but and, and keep the areas well ventilated which I started thinking about and I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe we can, we can really start working on this because if the data supports it, let's, let's give it a whirl. Then I started thinking, you know, we live, we live in a a nicer area of North Carolina, relatively speaking. It's, it's not a urban area. It's, but it's, it's kind of that middle-class suburban area um, from Raleigh and, and uh, it's not a rural area. That's for sure. But there's a lot of schools that have never had upgrades to their HVAC system ever. And are we supposed to try to get them upgrades before we reopen their schools? Are we expecting the kids to be in a school that has windows open and fans blowing over top of them when it's 25 degrees outside? Uh, I don't know about all that. Um, I mean, I get the masks. I understand the social distancing component of it. And I understand that some kids are really good. I mean, hell, look at Sam. Sam's done a great job of staying away from from people and, and really trying to social distance, even whenever he's interacting with folks. Um, so I, I think it's possible. Um, but I think there are other kind of um, logistical issues that we're going to have to try to face by reopening some of these schools, especially in the near term. I think in the longer term, we, we we really should have been addressing these over the last nine months when the schools have been closed, but we haven't done that. So now we're back up square one and we're going, what do we do? We so. ha- Yeah. And we had data to support ventilation months and months and months and months ago. The school we were going to send Sam to before they even opened for fall, uh, they upfitted their, uh, their HVAC to HEPA filters and all the fancy pants, blower ventilation, whatnots. Uh, but they had, they had like, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I guess the the UV what? filters. Well, yeah, they had they had all that. I was looking for the alumni fund uh, that people oh. who had left the school had the endowment. donated. Endowment. Yes, they had the endowments. People had generously donated to this school so that they could do it. They didn't have to worry about the public budget um, like a lot yeah. of the the public schools have. And so they had they were like, yeah, we did all this. That's why we have that money so we can make moves like this when we have to. And I was like, well, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I don't, a lot of these schools, man, I don't even know if the high school that just got rebuilt two years ago 
which was only able to be used for like half a year <laughs> um, before <laughs> it couldn't right. be used. It's brand new. It's like massive. I don't know that they got HVAC or uh, HEPA filter level filters in there. We didn't need to do this. Yeah. This is new. No one was expecting True. the need for HEPA filters as an average. Yeah. Um, That's but I don't one. know. I think I think yeah, that I mean, if, we'll see what happens. If the data but supports I, I, it, it's hard to argue I, against it. You just got to yeah. make sure that the yeah. places you are going, you're not blanketing and saying the whole county can open. You're just going, that school is cleared. They can open. Well, and I think the other thing we need to use the data for is to be wise with the data. We don't need to say, well, the data supports it, so let's go reopen the schools and not not actually follow what the school system and the papers actually said to do. Um, let's be intellectually honest about what we want to try to do, which is reopen schools using this specific technique such that nobody gets sick. If you just yeah. go, oh, yeah, see, we can reopen because data says so, but not actually do what the data supports, then that's where we have a problem. So I think as long as we maintain that intellectually on intellectual honesty, I think we'll be OK. People um, wouldn't do that, would they? They wouldn't take advantage of like the letter of no. the law. Nope. And be like, nope. hey, they wouldn't. No, they would no. not, Stephen. I've <laughs> I've got full faith in our our uh, our friends. Integrity. Anyway, COVID arm. So yeah. there, I did get a couple of questions this week about what's called COVID arm, and that's uh, happens a lot with the Moderna vaccine. I, I haven't really heard it very much with the Pfizer one, but I know I've heard it at least twice with the Moderna one. And essentially, what it is is a couple of days after your shot, you get this redness. Um, and maybe even some soreness as it's associated with it, but it's kind of like this rash that starts forming on your arm. Um, and doctors have basically said, and the experts have basically said, well, it's just your body is reacting to, uh, to your immune systems kicking in and your body's reacting to its uh, foreign entity there. And it's actually generating the antibodies and it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And that's just a byproduct of that. So don't get too worried if you get the vaccine and you have what's called COVID arm, which is you see some rashy spots on your arm near where the vaccine was given. It doesn't have to be exactly where the jab was. It could be anywhere on your arm. Um, I think the one one person that I'm thinking of had it up and down the arm, uh, probably up to about six to eight inches away. Um, so it can happen, but um, you won't feel any pain. It probably won't be too itchy. It might be a little bit itchy, but um, yeah, that's it's definitely a side effect. It's definitely a thing. But if that's the worst you've got to deal with, I, I, or if that's the worst I have to deal with, then uh, sign me up, baby. I'm actually glad you talked about this because my mom told me today she got her second shot and that's exactly what happened. She has, um, she said her shot location was a lot more red this time and she had redness up and down her arm. Uh, she said the second shot side effects post shot were worse. Um, but Which, by the way, that's been documented. I think yeah. a lot of folks are experiencing that exact thing. Yeah. So the first one, she was fatigued but felt fine. The second one, uh, she said she had a lot more soreness in her arm than the first one, uh-huh. and she ended up taking taking Tylenol, like a couple of Tylenol, and ended up having an allergic reaction to that for like a day. So that didn't help. Oh, uh, but, but she's like, I did that to myself. Um, oh, well, she was taking it shot. to keep the pain away uh, routinely, and then I guess it was just a little little more than she needed. Yeah. So she's like, whoopsie. No, I understand. Yeah, so then she's got the COVID arm. But other than that, you know, she's she's been doing fine. But I think it's important yeah. to note that the second one's going to suck. Uh, I think you could just blanket statement that at this point from everyone I've heard and mm-hmm. uh, and be pretty safe. 
Yeah, Ashley and I were actually on a walk a couple of nights ago, and and we always see one of our neighbors. Just he's 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 a buddy that always stops and talks about uh, about Tater Tot, and he he's just very interactive, and he wants to be a part of the guy of 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 Tater Tot's life, which is cool. Um, he works over at Duke, and and uh, he's actually a, a healthcare worker at Duke, and uh, they got their second shot. And as they were getting their second shot, they just told all of their employees, "Just don't come in the second day. Wow! Just go ahead and plan to take the day off. It's going to be a little bit worse. Go ahead and expect it. Um, go ahead and, and sign sign up to uh, to switch shifts or uh, change change shifts and and hmm. you know move on. That's good." I mean that's really yeah. cool. They they know enough to go. Y'all are going to be about useless anyway, so stay home, get better. That's good news. I like that's that. Good. Yeah, thanks for thanks for all that info, Jacob. That was a very that was quite an informative. How you doing? How you, yeah. so? Speaking of how you doing, Travis. So I mentioned we didn't get a bunch of snow, but a lot of places did. Somehow it just went around Michigan, which I don't complain <laughs> about at all. Um, <laughs> Because I don't want to have to, I don't leave the house much, but I actually had to this past weekend. So if we had gotten a bunch of snow, it would have been um, annoying. Uh, no, I mean, it's been a pretty quiet week, except anyone seeing the video can tell my hair is now royal purple. It's I a good it. purple. It, uh, it's it like a not, deep purple. It's it not is. Like a, that Smoke on the water. <laughs> I'm waiting to see how this fades uh, because I have heard that purple... <laughs> Purple hair or purple coloring fades probably the fastest, so mm. we'll see. Um, but that was that was pretty much it. I, it it's, this past year I've started doing that with my hair more. I've been I've had it green, I've had it blue, now purple. I've got a little bit of all those left, so who knows what's <laughs> going to happen in the future? Rainbow, um, yeah, it might, it might. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's been a pretty quiet week, um, which I don't mind so much. <laughs> Yeah, I did start watching Lovecraft Country on oh. HBO Max. Oh, um, whew. boy, that's a rough one. Yeah, I've heard that. Right now. It, it's not an easy thing to watch, but but it, but entertaining um, enough that you get something out of it, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't watch it. Why torture yourself? Oh yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. got a lot going on. Yeah, um, it, it the the rough part of it is just it's set in the nineteen. 19- 40s 19 or 1950s early 1960s and um in chicago and it's very there's a lot of racial tension mm-hmm. and so that's that's the tough part to watch yeah but overall it's a really well put together show yeah i remember watching yeah. some of that with steph but uh but didn't we we couldn't get into it the vibe i don't think it was what we were looking for we've been trucking through the stand uh mm-hmm. on cbs well, Steven, did it have pornography in it uh, it not from where we got to. There was no porn yet. That was the problem. Okay, mm. you just uh, the yeah. It is an HBO show. You expect there will be gratuitous nudity. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and of course, your wife she has to watch shows to have right. That's it because she's all about the Bridgerton and she watched some other show that had tons of nudity in it. Her and yeah. Stephanie or her and uh, Ashley were watching. Um, what was that dancing show either on Netflix or, oh, or HBO Max? Fancy Feet or so what is it called? I don't little, know what it tiny was. Tiny things. It was... Tiny, tiny, tiny little tiny dancer. That's it. Tiny Hold dancer. me closer, Tony tiny Danza. Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> Speaking of little things, I watched that this week. The um Remy um, oh, uh, Malik, uh, 
Rami Malik. Malik um, yeah, uh, uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, and Jared oh Leto. yeah, was that good? I watch HBO anything Max. with Denzel in it. I will watch anything with Denzel yeah. in it. Was he good? Yeah, I watched. That He's always good. it's 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 very suspenseful. Um, it's it's definitely got uh, more of a dark undertone to it. Um, so it's it's not got this real uplifting vibe, but it's sure. it's, it's it's gritty. It's it's pretty good. I heard it wasn't too bad. I also uh, read a, an interview with Denzel talking about because Jared Leto is notoriously a me- very method actor, mm-hmm. and Denzel is like the opposite end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so somebody was like, "How was that like for the you know for the two of you to to work together?" And he's like, "Yeah, we really didn't talk. Uh, we <laughs> nod from across the set, and that was about it. Because if he had pulled some of that stuff on me, it probably wouldn't have gone so well." Type of thing. You know I'm what like, was cool right. about Denzel though? He he ended that interview with these young guys are good and we gotta step oh, yeah. up our game. So he was he oh, was yeah. complimenting them both. But yeah, it was definitely uh nah, he ain't pulling that with me. I'm playing that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh also method oh, is code Denzel word for was... uh, Oh go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I was no, just go gonna say method method acting is just code word for being a real weirdo. Uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> that's all there is well, to it. Christian Bale went through that phase for a while, right? And, yeah, uh, oh, he still does. He's, I think he's, he's still method. method actor. Oh yeah, yeah. him, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The famous story of that is he made people carry him around set on my left foot. He refused to walk <laughs> because his character couldn't walk. Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey did it. Yeah. Jim he, Carrey basically was Andy, Andy Kaufman, Kaufman right? for the entirety yeah. of making Man on the Moon. Yeah. Uh, the other one, the the other one I love of that is Brad Dourif is very much a method actor. Really, and the Chucky was, guy. Yeah, was it? Yeah, he did the voice of Chucky. He did the voice of Chucky, and um, it was one of the Lord of the Rings specials, and it was Peter Jackson talking about the, the last day that Brad Dourif was on set as Grima Wormtongue. It got done. He got done filming, and then he slipped back into his natural American accent, <laughs> and he was like, "I didn't even realize he was from the states." Oh, wow. I had no idea because he had never impressive. spoken without his, his Grima worm tongue accent the entire time he was there. Holy crap. Christian yeah, Bell did that impressive. with Batman. In all the interviews he was in at, when he was Batman, he was he used an American accent, even doing the junkets and no stuff. I knew he was Welsh until I saw Rain of Fire. <laughs> no, I had no idea that it was not his real accent. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. <laughs> it's like, wait, Christian Bell's not American? Why was yeah. he doing junkets with an American accent? No one does <laughs> exactly. that. What is wrong with him? I still wonder, but they're great. They're, they're great. Good actors. Good mm-hmm. actors all around. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for taking us down that that fun rabbit trail. You know, we should do a show about movies. Anyway, <laughs> let's do some news. <laughs> we can transition from COVID to movies after this. Just, is yeah, that's what we turned it into. Let's just talk about post-apocalyptic films. That's That's what we'll do. Uh, so AstraZeneca, the vaccine they have created can slow the transmission of COVID-19, says an Oxford study. Complete immunity isn't always the only thing that benefits us. Turns out just slowing or stopping community spread is a big win. Uh, a new study suggests that even one dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine could help prevent transmission of the disease, disease by as much as two-thirds. No patients who have got their first dose experienced severe illness or hospitalization, and the efficacy appeared to actually increase up to 12 weeks from the initial shot. Uh, the results of the study, which have not been peer-reviewed, uh, indicate that the UK strategy of delaying the second dose in order, to vac- in order to vaccinate the maximum amount of people may actually be a pretty solid strategy. 
that's just referring to the UK, I guess, is not doing the, the strict after one month after we're going to do that second dose. They're trying to extend that as far as possible so they can get more people on their first dose and then catch everybody up later, um, which I think is, is an interesting take. And this data seems to support that, uh, at least with this vaccine. A little follow up to that. In terms of vaccine news, uh, Johnson Johnson's vaccine provides strong shield against severe COVID. Uh, the Johnson Johnson one-shot trial has been largely successful. That means one shot, one dose, uh, seeing how that goes. Uh, of 43,000 tested people, it was 66% effective at preventing moderate to severe cases of COVID, 85% of just severe cases, and prevented 100% of hospitalizations and death. Again, great. Flatten that hospital curve. Um, vaccines are doing a great job at getting things manageable, even for people who didn't get the vaccine. You might be able to find a bed for yourself. Uh, even though the data shows the vaccine to be less effective, quotes, because it, I mean, it's less effective, but it's still hitting a target um, of Pfizer and Moderna, the benefits are still strong. The requirement of only one shot, along with its ability to be simply refrigerated for up to a month, is a huge win. Other two have to go in freezers. This one can sit in a fridge for a month. Um, that's, that's a big deal in some of these locations that don't have access to those deep freezers. Uh, the Johnson Johnson study also produced some sobering facts, uh, regarding variants. The vaccine was less effective against the South African variant, for instance, reducing the effectiveness to 57%. Uh, regardless, more vaccines allows more opportunities in other countries to get a handle on these variants before they get worse. In addition, the Johnson Johnson vaccine uses a more time-tested process for delivery. Unlike the mRNA method used by Pfizer and Moderna, which is relatively new, uh, this vaccine uses a modified adenovirus to the, that mimics the COVID-19 virus but cannot replicate in humans, and they use that same technology to fight Ebola. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot, lot to unpack there. General idea is vaccines are good. They are helping. Um, there are differences, but those differences are still managing the virus in a way that we're not doing with just nothing at all. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I think even Dr. Fauci had suggested that if they got to a vaccine that was 65% effective, he'd be jumping for joy. Uh, the fact that Moderna and Pfizer are 95% effective is downright miraculous. Um it's yeah. just it's it's a big deal and and to think if you if you discount a virus and say well that one's only 70% so it's no good that's discounting an awful lot of work and an awful lot of potential for this to go away so even if that's the only one you can get flip and get it uh because it's yeah. going to make a difference 70% is more than 0 man yeah a yeah. lot more yeah that was and a lot. the good news is they both i think use the um um Common cold virus, the adenovirus. Yeah. Uh, adenovirus uh, mm -hmm. as their, their host, I believe. So let me ask you this, just a quick follow-up, but the Johnson-Johnson virus, is that one more likely to be approved for 16 years and younger since it uses a active, well-known method? Probably not. Okay. Um, I, I still think they're going to need data. I, the, the one I'm really intrigued by is the Novavax one. Whenever they get that one actually... Uh, to a point where they can commercialize that, I have a feeling they're going to really throw that at at uh, 16 and under uh, children because that's the one the protein subunits where they basically chop up pieces okay. of the of the uh, the virus and and basically give you that protein subunit. Your body responds to that. Um, they use that technology in your DPAP, so all your diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis. Uh, they use that in Hep B. They use that in there. Are tons of different vaccines, which you know, if if you have kids, 
your first year is nothing but getting vaccine shots and it's those vaccine okay. shots, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I think they're, they're a little more confident that the Novavax one, and I think the other company that's developing a protein subunit one is uh, Sanofi, but you don't quote me on that. I think it's Novavax and Sanofi. Okay, uh, cool. Those are the two that I'm really holding out hope for, for, for kids. Yeah. Uh, the AstraZeneca one and the J and J one, uh, I think Janssen is the one who actually developed the J and J one. Um, but I, I think those two, I think they're just going to need to do some, some testing on that. They'll probably have an easier time than, than some of the nucleic acid ones, the Moderna and the Pfizer one, but I, I think it will be fine. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, ma'am. So I'm next. Uh, where, where are we at here? <laughs> 22-year-old college student was put in charge of Philadelphia's largest COVID-19 vaccination site. What did he do with them? He took them home and injected his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Butthole. Uh, 22-year-old Andre Dorishan, who founded one of Philly's largest vaccination clinics, has faced several allegations of misconduct, including taking old vaccines for his friends. A nurse alleges that she saw Andre with a Ziploc bag full of vaccines as he was leaving on Tuesday. Uh, apparently, this guy is an absolute freaking dumpster fire. The organization recently updated the privacy policy to allow them to sell private data, and it was never disclosed that it was planning to become a for-profit business. Uh, they were also accused of shutting down the vaccine facilities without notice. Uh, I think the city has just lost trust in the the group. Andre admitted on the Today Show that he had been taking the vaccine home to use to his fr- with his friends, uh, though he had no medical medical qualifications. Um, but he was currently studying neuroscience. So <laughs> I just love he this. stayed at a Holiday Inn Express that night. The before. story mm-hmm. had that at the very end, like he's currently studying neuroscience. Like, oh, good. Okay, oh, yeah. that helps. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if, if they would have ended that story with he stayed at Holiday Inn Express, that would have been beautiful. Right. So uh, this guy, uh, th- there's a nice cold place in hell for this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there just is. I, I, from my understanding, I I read a another article about this. Uh, Philadelphia actually closed this clinic completely down, like completely shut even. The nurses, they didn't put anybody else in charge of it. They they just shut it completely down. Yeah, it was an early. It was a uh, an, an early. Um, I don't I don't guess a, a win for Philadelphia. They were really putting their their money into this place because it was doing great work, or they looked like they were going to do great work. They're setting up clinics all over the city, and it just <laughs> this then a bunch yeah. of turds ruined it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was probably destined for ruin from the start with the people leading it. Clearly. But yeah. you know, you do you do what you can, and you still get burned. Sorry, Philly. Mm. Bummer. Well, it's not any better in Arizona. Uh, Arizona store owner drew a gun after his no mask rule sparked an argument with a masked customer. <laughs> Despite countless studies that have proven that masks limit the spread of COVID nineteen, store owner Scott Sarconi says uh, his T Slingers T shirt shop has a quote strict no mask policy. Uh, Everett Depew entered the store wearing a mask to per- peruse the wares when he was approached by Sarconi, who told him to take the mask off. Depew uh, allegedly chest bumped Sarconi, at which point Sarconi pulled a gun, but he claims it was in self-defense and not because Depew was not wearing a mask. Sure. Uh, Depew admits to pushing Sarconi uh, because he had a knee-jerk reaction. Neither men believes they'll be charged with a crime. 
Sarconi's Facebook spreads plenty of election conspiracy theories, including a post which states, if Biden wins, it's because the election was stolen. This country is going to war. Mm. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> yep. It is, is, was he related to, to Marjorie <laughs> Green? No. Maybe. Oh, reading reading uh, this, yeah. you Sarconi, just have... No. This was and this was this actually took place back in November, um, but the the court case and everything is going to get hashed out soonly, which I guess is why it was in the news. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just another case of idiots being allowed to do things in Florida. If you're familiar with the state of Florida, they used to be the Florida weirdest. Man. They used to be the weirdest state in the union, but Michigan has recently overtaken them. Uh, but mm-hmm. Florida, Florida has a law called the uh, 1020 Life uh, Law. 1020 life means if you pull a gun, 10 years. If you shoot a gun at someone, 20 years. If you kill someone with that gun, you get life. Uh, it's a very, it's a pretty strict gun law. But all I can think is this Arizona man better be happy he's not in Florida because he'd go to jail for 10 years for pulling a gun on somebody. Um, and it's it's not even this isn't even like a stand your ground thing because like. The dude pushed him. Right. He didn't come at him with a baseball mm-hmm. bat or a crowbar where, like, in Texas, you can one-up the person. Like, oh, well, he hit <laughs> me with a bat, so I stabbed him with a knife, and then I stabbed, shot him with a gun. We leapfrogged each other <laughs> just to see who could do the most damage. That's legal. But not, no, this was a bad move. Yeah, I, so, okay. There was a no-mask policy at this store. That I so I read this article earlier in the week, and that was the first thing that I read, and that's what stuck with me on this. Listen, if you if if you're dyed in the wool, I'm not going to wear a mask because I don't think I should be forced to. Fine, that's fine. Do not open your store and say you have a no mask policy, and walk up to somebody who comes in and tell them to take their mask off. If you do that, you're an asshole. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah, and I uh. I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna dive into this one because no. Yeah, I, I don't want to. This is equivalent. Get... This is like almost equivalent to those two guys in Arizona who took turns shooting each other with bulletproof vests. Remember that? Yes. Not Arizona. Yes, Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> those always stand out to no, me. No, Tater and D Wade. I think story. they were smarter. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. They at least at least than the store vest. owner. Yeah, they they were wearing bulletproof masks or bulletproof vests, so they they did have at least some protection on. Yeah, I think (laughs) that will always be one of my all time favorite stories we've ever read on (laughs) Horseshoes and Hand Grenades Thursday nights at eight thirty p.m. Eastern, or get it wherever podcasts are found. Twitch.tv. Absolutely. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, that's a state you don't hear about very often, is trying to get rid of $2 million worth of hydroxychloroquine. Uh, I'm grateful that we have heard hydroxychloroquine pronounced multiple times on TV over the last year because I could say it in this article without tripping over it. Uh, Oklahoma is trying to get $2 million worth of the medicine that President Trump once touted as a treatment uh, returned, thrown out. I don't know. I somehow ended that on a on a cliffhanger. the The Oklahoma <laughs> governor ordered 1.2 million pills or 100,000 doses from a wholesaler in April 2020. Ultimately, the drug was discredited as a treatment option for the virus, including by the National Institute of Health, which released a report in November saying the meds had no clinical benefit to hospitalized patients. It's unclear how much of the two million dollars the state could recoup. The governor stated at the time that even if it turned out not to work against COVID, it did have plenty of other uses and the money would have gone to waste anyway. So 
the the buried line here is the guy, sure, he used junk science to make a giant $2 million purchase. But it's quite possible it's like when the, you're, you work for the state government and they hand you a Staples catalog at the end of the fiscal year and are like, buy whatever you want because we need to get our budget up to the limit. Uh, or we're going to get $500,000 less next year and have to fire somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, knowing this is government, by saying it could have gone to waste anyway, he probably means... This was at the end of the budget, and we just needed to find a place to put it, or we might not get it next time. Yeah, it's only because it's the hydroxychloroquine, and that's sure. why it's making news. I, well, yeah, and I'm looking at it from the optimistic uh, uh, benefit of the doubt place, which is true. I've been giving out a lot for no reason, uh, so and to be let I, down. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you back down here because yeah, do what, it. what I think is interesting about this article there are two things number one that the nih <clears throat> released their study in november um where it offered no clinical benefits uh to uh, hospitalized patients after the election and then <laughs> the first week after joe biden takes office that's when oklahoma goes you know we got a whole bunch of this shit laying around that uh, was from the last uh, administration uh, you want to go ahead and get rid of that yep sounds good to me Wait, is this guy not not governor anymore? Did they have a, a gubernatorial election? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. As that would hmm. that would make that would make sense. I mean, there's lots of people with lupus. They need this to survive. They were yeah. the ones angry. They were touting it as a, they're like, I can't get my lupus meds because a bunch of idiots think this is going to save them from COVID. Along with well, how ta- are they trying to get rid of it? With a are shot they trying to bleach? donate? I'm I sorry, go ahead. They're trying. They were trying to get their money back for some of it, but they bought oh. from a private wholesaler. And not from another place that would have been more. They would have been able to recoup some of that cost. Uh, but it was this article was written all disjointed, so it was hard for me yeah. to grab out all the stuff <laughs> that mattered. Uh, again, to full disclosure to the audience, I summarized all these. So if anything's inaccurate, you can call me staring at goats podcast at gmail dot com. Stephen, I read that article and you were wrong. It's fine. I can accept it. <laughs> But Jacob, your uh, your story you have to read next is basically a CVS receipt. Um, that's a long. It is. It's a it's a really long story, but I kind of want to go through it and I'll break it down as okay. the best I can. Okay. Um, but as everybody knows, the Olympics were canceled last year. Uh, they were supposed to happen in Tokyo in the summer of 2020, but 2020 happened. Um, so now they are going to come hell or high water. They are going to hold the Tokyo 2021 games. And they just announced today that here's the playbook that we're going to offer to all of our uh, athletes, to all of the volunteers, to all of the people that are helping the media, the broadcasters, all of the people. Here's our playbook on how we're going to handle COVID-19 in the 2021 Tokyo Games. So, Stephen, this is what they're going to have them do. All right. First, you got to wear your face mask at all times whether you're, uh, except for when you're eating, sleeping, or outside. Um, if you're in any kind of ventilated room, you have to wear a face mask. Um, the participants or the athletes have to limit physical contact Ooh. and maintain two meters of distance. And everybody knows that the Olympics are pretty much, that's the code word for, you know, two-week hump fest. Yes. <laughs> Orgy town. 
but they need to avoid unnecessary forms of contact. So hugs, high fives, handshakes, scrogging, that kind of thing. What if they all used, not allowed? What if they use the glory hole method as described by New York State? I bet that would be acceptable. Okay, just just clear it. Uh, I want to make thought, sure. <laughs> I, I, look, I'll I'll submit it and see if I get a response. All right, thank you. There you go. Okay, they can't use public transportation, so any participant can't travel like uh, by bus or, or train or whatever. They have to quarantine for 14 days prior to traveling to Japan. Um, they need to, they've got specific instructions about how they go through the airports. When they get there, they have to isolate for a certain number of days as well. Uh, during the actual games, they have to have their t- uh, temperature checked every time they enter a venue. They have to report the results using an app so that everybody's got the same app. Um, let's see what else. They are encouraged. Uh, to, they're encouraged to get vaccines, but they're not required to get vaccines. Um, I think they're letting letting athletes choose that. And no one respecting the rules may have an impact on the participation to the Olympics. So. Bottom line is, if you don't listen to us, you're not going to be able to participate. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Somebody high profile is going to get dumped. I know yeah. it. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be like Ryan, Ryan Lochte's got his head so far up his <laughs> rear end. He's going to be like, wait, he's, what's a mask? Does he's he trying to go more? back to 2021, Stephen. He's he's definitely trying. He's like 38 he was, years old now. He was hot stuff, and then he got on TV, and everybody was that guy's dumb as a post. <laughs> but it was fun it was fun times when you could be like wait he does no brain in his head he's just real good swim he real good yeah. swim ryan lochte <laughs> uh you know i i feel bad for the olympic participants i feel bad that uh they can't get all their humping on that they want to do but i think life will find a way uh better question does this does this change the olympic cadence or is the plan to still be in 2024 Despite having I think been it will enjoyed. go back to normal cadence. Yeah, I feel like it should. I would, I would assume so. It'll break my brain if we get off the divisible by four uh, chain. That would just be terrible. Could you imagine? 2025, 2029, 2034. Like, bleh. No, you <laughs> even got it wrong right there. It would be 2023. See? I jacked it up. <laughs> I can't even do it. Can't even do oh, it. Boy. Nope. Nope. It's hardwired in you now. Yeah, I, I, I can count 2, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256. I got that. I'm a nerd. Uh, but counting by, counting by four is on the off number. number. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. <laughs> you break Steven's brain. Yeah, like a drummer. A you count to four and repeat. That's as good as you can do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Uh so the focus on COVID-19 facilitated spread of drug-resistant infections is what experts are saying. The New York Times has cited an increase in outbreaks of drug-resistant bacteria due to the reuse and overuse of uh, personal protective equipment or PPE. Particularly concerning health uh, to health officials are growing cases of Canidia uh, oris, a fungus the CDC calls a serious global health threat. Between October 2019 and November 2020, the number of C. oris, thank you for doing that, uh, infections in the U.S. increased from 952 to 1,625, according to the data cited by the Times. That's a, that's a big jump. Seeing the world as a, a one-pathogen world is really problematic. Dr. Susan Huang, an infectious disease specialist, said, We have every reason to believe that the problem has gotten worse. Before the pandemic, PPE was changed routinely to prevent the growth of drug-resistant bacteria and fungi. 
those protocols were largely abandoned given the scarce PPE supply when the pandemic hit. The uh, demands of treating COVID-19 also led some hospitals and nursing homes to stop screening for the bacteria, leaving experts to believe that the true number of infections is higher than reported. The uptick can also be related to the increase, uh, increase in steroid uh, use to treat COVID-19 as they can leave the immune system vulnerable to other infectious diseases. So we've been so focused on COVID-19, uh, other crap is growing because uh, we're not cleaning out PPE. So that's wonderful and frightening. Yeah, it's good to know. I was talking well, to Stephanie about this. She said Cioris is like a staph infection, or not staph, yeah. a yeast infection. Yeast uh, infection. Yeah, it's a yeast infection. Okay. Uh, still, that's no good. Yeah, that's no good, especially particularly drug resistant. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's a lot of drug resistant, uh, both bacteria and fungus and, and lots of, of things going on right now. Um, what I find is interesting is the use of hand sanitizers is accelerating this as well. The use of antibiotic ointments and antibiotic lotions, and um, uh, that's accelerating it. But what what's interesting, though, is that more people are less sick this year. So you're not taking the antibiotics as much. So I'm wondering if that's actually having a, uh, an improvement on some of these um, like Staph aureus, uh, the MRSA, um, um, methicillin, the resistant version of, of Staph aureus, whatever that is, MRSA. Yeah. MRSA. Um, MRSA. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, I'm, I'm curious because, because this, this starts, starts me down a bunny trail here. And so now I'm curious to, to understand whether or not it's having an impact on, on just because of the PPE or if it's because also the uh, antibiotics, if it's not the reverse here. So that we're not doing antibiotics is causing a higher rate of infections like this because people aren't getting a Z-pack every time they go in with a sniffle. Well, that, and we're not getting as many sniffles because I mean, how many times has Sam been sick this year, right? Zero. Zero. How many times has he needed antibiotics this year? Zero. Zero. Um, Therefore, we're just not ordering them as much. So I'd love to see what the how many doctors are prescribing some of these Z-packs and some of these antibiotic packs and whether or not that's truly helping this uh, these uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria and, and antibiotic-resistant antibiotic uh, bugs. Yeah. Hmm. I'd be curious. Be yeah. That is, a good, that is a good question, which we do not have the answer to. But mm-hmm. one of these days... We might. The superbug's coming, y'all. If anything that this pandemic has taught me, it's that we are going to die. Uh, if the superbug ever comes, there's no hope. Um, short of maybe we'll survive because we have a brain. We stay inside when there's a pandemic. But people, like if it ever comes, it's like we ain't got no vaccine. <laughs> the death rate's 60%. Toast. Toast. It's a hoax. It's not real. Blah. Like it's... <laughs> I want to have my super. Speaking of Super Bowl, don't have a Super Bowl party. Super Bowl. Don't have a Super Bowl party. It's on Sunday, and I've seen Wegmans advertise their Super Bowl party packs. I've seen people the restaurants say, "Don't come in. Have your Super Bowl party catered." I'm like, don't have a flipping Super Bowl party, you psycho! Yeah. Like, stop it. I know these are things we use to get through winter, so we can hang out together. But a Super Bowl <laughs> party is not a good idea. If we see another up to uptick in two weeks after we finally leveled out from Christmas, it's gonna be because of Super Bowl parties, and then people know it. People know it. Don't have a Super go Bowl watch party. TV's Travis on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. That's Actually, what you this do. Sunday because the Super Bowl is this coming Sunday, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if there was a Super Bowl party, I'm not going. Right, because you're busy. 
I've got a show to do, and it's episode. It's my 100th episode. Exactly. Yeah, you don't need to watch the Tom Brady show again. No. Uh, who cares about that? Speaking of, is it Tom Brady? Is he? Is he the? Is he the magic? Is he what gets people to Super Bowls? Have we determined that now? Is the data in? I, mean, I don't know. It seems like it. I don't yeah. know. How about this? He's definitely been in a lot of Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think that's it was an understatement. Of Belichick. <laughs> um, but you know, look at um, just the most recent really good one, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning sure. was took took uh, Denver to a Super Bowl. Two of them. Uh, won one of them, right? Yeah. Um, after he left the Colts. So, yeah, I think, yeah, good quarterbacks are still good when they leave. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what this, this says. Yeah. And elite quarterbacks are what the teams really need to make it to the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning would still be playing if not for his neck. I and believe his, you're right. His sure. neck was damaged largely because his forehead was so huge. Uh, it's yeah, hard to was, get that thing struggling. balanced. Hard to keep it where it needs to go. <laughs> when you have that much weight on those muscles back there, it yeah. just it weakens. Just to it's, hold it's, that it's front part of your head up it takes a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, deep dive, y'all. Let's get let's get into it. Let's get into it. Jacob, you wanted to chat. You wanted to chat, uh, and this this is vaguely political, but thank God it's not American politics. Yes, uh, we're going across the pond to the EU. And AstraZeneca, which is, is that a UK based, the AstraZeneca DLEO? Uh, They've got uh, Brussels, I think, is where one of their facilities are, but UK is where their main facilities are. Mm, and then what happened in the UK and the EU this year, finally, after debate forever? Was that. I, I vaguely remember something about this. It's, yeah. What was it? Brexit. Some, something to do with breakfast. Something about Brexit. Oh, Brexit, yeah, Brexit, Brexit. That was it. That was it. That was the exit of the UK from the EU to stake their independence, yet still hold Scotland hostage. Uh, yes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> there was no back door introduced. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be no, free, and Scotland's like, like, me too. And they're like, shut up, sit down. <laughs> So uh, the EU is really pulling out all the stops to try to get vaccines. And the reason why I bring why I wanted to talk about this was really to 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 introduce uh, the next topic which is going to be vaccine nationalism. But um what it, what had happened was um <laughs> all of the European Union decided, you know something this AstraZeneca that that's that's on to something. And every country uh, in the EU, in, including the other European countries like the UK, were negotiating with AstraZeneca, with uh, Pfizer, with Moderna, and saying, look, can we go ahead and buy these vaccines? Um, but the EU bloc decided, no, 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 no. You guys, if you're in the EU, you can't negotiate with these companies. You have to wait until the European Union gets involved, and then we'll get involved and we'll take care of it for you, please. Do not take care of yourself. The European Union Union's going to take care of it. That didn't stop any of these other companies like the U.S., like Canada, like Japan, like the U.K., from negotiating with these companies on their own. So all of these companies signed a deal with all of those countries saying, we're going to get you this many vaccines. And then the EU bloc comes in months later and says, we'd like to negotiate prices with you. So they negotiated these prices down. They negotiated the liability terms of delivery. They negotiated all of these things, which took months, by the way. Finally, at the end of the summer, they started signing contracts with these companies. 
So now it comes time to, to, for these companies to start delivering. And so they're delivering these, these vaccines. And, you know, of course the UK gets it first because they had the first contract and the EU, uh, the U S and Canada and Japan and all these other countries are starting to get theirs. Guess who's not really getting a whole lot. The EU. Mm-hmm. guess who's pissed off about it. The EU. <laughs> guess who's pulling out all. <laughs> I know they're pulling out all the stops to try to make sure that they rob from Peter to pay Paul. So they're like, no, 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 no. Don't give those UK bastards vaccines. Give it to us. So they're talking about invoking articles in the Brexit agreement. They're talking about um, seizing assets that actually cross borders. They, they cross the UK borders. They're talking about um, uh, having import-export regulations where you have to declare everything that leaves countries just because. And if there is, they could seize it and give it to their people. I mean, th- this is starting to become just an absolute riot to watch. And so the UK is going... I'd, look, we're not a part of y'all anymore. We we get our vaccines. We signed a contract when we were supposed to. We paid full price. We're 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 good here. We don't need you stealing our vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it starts raising the question. Well, you know, can the EU start doing this? Because if they're being made in Brussels, can they actually force Brussels not to deliver them to the UK or to the US or to Japan? And can they actually state, no, you can't cross borders. You have to leave it here and sell it to the people here before you sell it anywhere uh, and export it and sell it anywhere else. Boy, uh, where do you even start with that? I mean, I know, right? This is is ridiculous. It is very ridiculous because it's like on one side, you know, you want to say, well, these deals were negotiated and they should be following the deals that they've negotiated. And the other side, it's like, yeah, but then also we're trying to stop this pandemic from getting worse and get everybody vaccinated. So it's like, that's tough because, you know, the EU shouldn't have drug its feet and it should have moved quicker um, or let countries negotiate on their own. But that's not how they wanted to play. And now it's biting them. And oh boy. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't even know how to start unwinding this ball of yarn. Uh, it seems like they're, if they're enacting all these bylaws or whatever they've put into their agreement, that why are those things in the agreement? We didn't think we would need to use them. Um, oh, shoot. Well, here, now we've got to use them, right? <laughs> now we're mm-hmm. using them. I don't know. It just sets up a real bad power struggle between the EU and the UK. And I, I, don't, I think this is the first of many issues you're yeah. going to see with that agreement as time goes on. I, I don't think this goes away quickly or easily. It was a rough breakup. No. Uh, there was it, there should have been a prenup in there. Uh, if we ever want to leave, here's what we're taking with us. Um, and that bit a done deal, but it, it wasn't that way. It took them months and months and months and two prime ministers to finally get to a resolution. Um, and I, I, I don't... This is this is the first of of well let's let's start off with another question I guess the question I have for you guys is if let's say a vaccine is made in the U.S. or the U.K. or the EU um, and that vaccine is exported to it doesn't matter where you pick a country Russia uh, China South Africa wherever should the citizens of the place where it's manufactured have better access than other countries. Do you want to ask the Americans or do you want to ask the, uh, 
the non the the just general question because in America we believe in the free market and until it as long as it suits us I suppose and I, my uh, right. my my <laughs> argument there right. yeah my argument there would be well they're the company they can sell to whoever wherever um, all we mm-hmm. can do is at best enforce America buy from the American company but that's that's the most that we can really do we can't stop them from selling to others we can just enforce that we're going to buy from them Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It it becomes tribalism at that point, right? Like you get you get kind of we're 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 we made it, so we'll get it first, and then we'll give it to other people. But that's that's also feels wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. But I come from a, yep. a universe where you grow up being told to share with everybody, and then when you get old, they say, "Don't share with everybody." What are you crazy? <laughs> just seems. I mean, there- <laughs> There's there's no right answer here. There right? isn't. You're I'm either dancing. You're yeah. You're either screwing over the people in the place where it's being manufactured, or you're screwing over the people that have paid for or put the agreement in place to buy it somewhere else. And it's like, well, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Um. It, this wouldn't be a problem if Brexit one hadn't occurred, but two hadn't been the messy junk that it is. But if it hadn't I occurred, be, I don't think it would be nearly the the issue that it is if. Well, for one, if the UK was still part of the EU, it wouldn't it wouldn't be nearly this issue. But even if they had left the union, but in a better way, and it hadn't been something that drug out forever and became this bureaucratic mess, it you know it would still be an issue. But I don't think it would be as there wouldn't be as much posturing going on and as much like no, you need to do this and now. We're going to invoke these rules that we that we have in here that we can point to type type of thing. So I don't know. I, I I think I'm on the other end of that one. I, I think I am because in my mind, I would say that Brexit only alerted us to the problem. I think the problem is much bigger and I think we'd be ignoring it if Brexit didn't happen, but the problem is huge. What we're talking about here is vaccine nationalism. What we're talking about here is because a vaccine is made in the EU or in the US, we now have access to it, right? If you look at it, 16% of the um, world's population are in some of these major developed countries that has gotten 60% of the vaccine so far. So Mm -hmm. most of the vaccines are just going to the rich countries. Most of the poor countries don't have access or will get access whenever another one comes out that uh, might be more uh, cheaper or uh, might be uh, more suitable for transport or whatever it may be. I think the point here is that right now it's money talks and bullshit walks. And right now, whoever's got the cash gets the vaccine, right? Yeah. 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 You're you're not wrong there either. That's sort of a different argument, but... But it's in the same ballpark still. Well, I think what we're talking about here, in my mind, is is about nationalism. We're not necessarily talking about, you know, should they invoke ex- import export? I mean, all of that is just just noise mm-hmm. around the 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 issue. The issue really is, um, do we take care of everybody as a whole? Do we take care of all people? Do we try to get everybody free access to these kind of vaccines, or mm-hmm. do we just make sure that we're taken care of and then worry about you other people later? Well, who who polices that, though? Who makes those policies? Who says X amount of vaccine needs to go to the Congo or needs to go to Nicaragua or needs to go to, like, 
some of these countries that are known to not be the powerhouses of economic whatever that some of these other ones are. What there's not like a, we're not in the new world order yet, so there's no global power to, to deciding you can't do that or you can't do this. It's just other countries, and if the country's yeah. leadership doesn't get the vaccine for whatever reason, and it's not uh, in the companies like here, we can make these contracts, and the countries like f that. I don't have. I'm not sick yet. You can't help leadership that does that. Uh, hmm. And and you're then you're relying on the charity of the other countries to make sure this happens because seriously sure. this is a pandemic it's in the best interest of the entire global society to make sure as many people on the Everybody planet have it yeah. and I'm not yeah. arguing against that I'm just trying to throw out logical but uh, it's it's it, we're tap dancing like it's just hard to figure out like how to how to who to blame really sure. which is not what I'm trying to do but it's. If leadership can't get it and then you're just waiting for charity, your charity's going to come last. You're right. Money talks. Here's my cash. Give me my vaccines. Hey, I'm I'm trying to give 50,000 vaccines to this small area in this one remote country. Cool. We'll get to you when we can. We'll, we'll put 10 of every 100 out, off to the side and write it off. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I, I understand it. And the WHO, I think, is the one who would be responsible for, for vaccine distribution to, to poor countries. But um, my my thought here is this, and, and I haven't really vetted these thoughts. This is just kind of an off-the-cuff thought. Um, if we're talking about a global pandemic and we're talking about 16% of the people within the world are getting the vaccine that's required, herd immunity is achieved by getting more people the vaccine, not less people the vaccine. And so if we're only starting with the nice little 16% of the population of the world, because those are the ones with the money, and then we're going to worry about the 88 or 84% of the world that doesn't, doesn't necessarily uh, have the same financial, um, that has more of a financial restriction. This global pandemic is not going to end anytime sooner. It's going to take much longer to end because it's 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 never going to get taken care of the way it should, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree yeah. with that at all. Uh, I, I think you're it's, right. In my mind, these are these are questions that are coming up and that I'm thinking through, and I'm trying to understand my position. And I haven't fully vetted this thought about this position, but I, I almost feel like nationalism for vaccines specifically. I'm I'm leaning towards we should not have that mentality or that approach that it shouldn't be um, 100% money driven. It should be also there should be other aspects to it other than just money. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be population density aspects. There should be um, rate of transmission aspects. There should be yeah. a virulence of of whatever um, um, uh, viral strain is out there for that that area. I mean, there should be other other inputs into that decision. Um, but right now it's just all money, right? I I think that's a solid way to put it. it. All that extra data needs to be compiled to get to a proper distribution plan. And it can't just be like dollars to patients. It has to mm-hmm. be, I mean, and it's, it's like we, it's like North Carolina did for better or for worse. They canceled a bunch of people's appointments and jammed all those vaccines into the bank of America building in Charlotte because that was how they felt they could get the maximum uh, maximum um, efficacy, I guess, against uh, against the, the the spread by putting it in a population center where it's been spreading poorly, 
or bad, or I guess it's been spreading very well, uh, and yes. getting all those things into one place so they can vaccinate as many people that are being affected currently and say, well, out there in the counties to the east, beach counties, we're not really seeing that much. Sure, they need the vaccine too, but the spread is low, so we'll prioritize them later. We're going to get over to yeah. Charlotte, which the population is dense. There's a lot of people. We're going to move everything there. And, I mean, that's just one state taking that approach. But if you had that global approach, it would. It, you're right. It would be diseases don't care about borders. We talked about that early on in the show. Nobody cares what color you – disease doesn't care what color you are. doesn't care what country you're from. doesn't care – anything about that stuff it cares that you've got cells that get, can infect uh and that's what it's gonna do and if we treat it yeah. like it's the chinese virus or it's the south african variant or it's the uk and i know these are code names just to say where we saw it saw it first but there are people that take that and go flipping south africa's ruining it now <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like we shouldn't let mm-hmm. people from south africa in and uh um, k variants yeah uk is uk doing it. british fools they're giving us variants that are just awful the good news is the good news is that rhetoric is is muted now more than it it was i think it's still there obviously but it's it's not given the national platform that it had before to the vast majority of america and i think that's making a difference slowly it'll make a difference but it's making a difference yeah but yeah yeah i think you're right I, i feel like we're we're our approach is a little counterproductive from a clinical perspective. Yeah. If we truly want to take care of this, then we would approach it a slightly different way. But instead, it's who's got cash? Well, let's let's give it to them. We but, don't want to yeah, take care within of it. an area. Yeah. yeah, sure, we've got cash, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna prioritize and and do the right thing for this area. I mean, I was a casualty of one of those canceled appointments, yeah. right? And I'm 100 percent fine with having my appointment canceled, so that the people in Charlotte who are dealing with a hell of a lot worse than what we're dealing with right now can actually get vaccinated and and not have to worry about it. Yeah. So I, I feel like if we took that approach worldwide in a global pandemic we'd probably be a little bit better off this is not an american pandemic yeah right it's so it's it's so tough though to like figure all that out and decide who gets what and when you know and, yeah, and oh, to yeah. be altruistic about it and and go this is what happens because there there is there's money at play there's mm-hmm. but the, the in the medical side of things is not what everybody goes to when dealing with anything that costs money i don't go oh global pandemic I'll pay all the money in the world just to make this. Jeff Bezos sitting on his pile of cash over there, you know, like, hey man, can you you want to help get that? That those billions could like I don't know help other people somewhere. Mm. Nah, I'm just gonna use my tax loopholes. Peace out. Make spaceships. Um, you know, and the world got to keep turning. People got to keep doing what they're doing. But yeah, and, and he'll and, make more money in six hours than you and I and Travis and. Everybody that's watching and listening to this show will make in their entire lifetime combined six yeah. hours. <laughs> combined, what does he make 60 million in six hours? Isn't it's that, something, that, uh, it's something absolutely some, insane. Kind of but as Lando has been careful to explain to us over the course of the Wall Street shenanigans, money is not real, uh, and right. it has no purpose. And the global society is going to soon learn that all they need to do is raise some goats and love each other, and everything's going to be great. Um, Give each other one real big hug and give goats uh, hugs too, apparently. And weed. And And weed. weed. Landon's Landon's plan involves weed. 
It's amazing when you spend time chat. Lando, who used to host this show, if you're not familiar, has become a. I almost. I imagine him now in a robe, sitting on a cliffside in Oregon, staring at the ocean and musing while texting me and Jacob. Uh, just, <laughs> just paragraphs, paragraphs in iMessages. Just. I mean, it, it, like it, it got so bad that he wrote a note. Uh, that he actually went into notes and sent us a link to his notes. He sent us his <laughs> notes, and it was like a, a, oh. a five mile long blog post. Like speaking of CVS receipts, this thing was it was a beast. I'm oh, like, what are you talking about, man? I haven't that's made fantastic. it that far in that note. I really want to read it because I'm very intrigued. The manifesto. It's a manifesto. <laughs> I think he's he believes that we have ascended. Uh, past what our our Puritan ancestors believed the economy could be, to a global universe of sharing wisdom. Uh, and I oh, I hate to tell him, but I don't know that we're there yet, bud. I think you uh, you, you, you you're you're smoking the ganja on the west coast, and I bet you are close to that there, but but not here, Stephen. I think my my comment to him was, man. You got to send me a care package because whatever it is that you've got, <laughs> you need to send to yeah. me because I need. I to want some of that. Holy yeah, I get something. <laughs> you got to get some to Travis too. Every everybody's gonna need what Landon's got. Uh, but right. man, that was that was a heavy that was a heavy deep dive. But it was a good one. It was. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. To, it's a lot to unpack, and I don't think any of us have real answers. But if you have real answers. You out there in listener land playing along at home, email us at staringatgoatspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you think about all the things that we talked about tonight. Uh, I think I think it would be it would be good for us to get some extra perspective. So if you've got one, throw it our way. Travis, what's our number if they want to call and leave us a voicemail? Our number is I have it right here. Of course he does. He was totally prepared. <laughs> right. It's 231 231-486-5401. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you love the show? Do you do you hate my purple hair? Um, <laughs> do you want a different goat camera in the background? I don't. You know. Let us know. We want to hear. We want to hear from and, you. Two, three, and one. you can also tell me that I'm wrong. So mm-hmm. sure. If I'm if I'm wrong on my my thoughts, uh, please. I'd love to hear a different opinion. So let me hear it because I, I want to be told I'm wrong. Two three one four eight six five four zero one. That's the number. Four eight six. I'm writing it down. 231-486-5401. That is it. I got it. I got it. That way I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, so call me maybe. Thank you, Smash. (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah, this has been good, you guys. Thanks again. Email us, staringatgoespodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, give us a review on your favorite podcasting service. Five stars. Say you had fun. Follow us on Twitter at staring underscore goats. Really, that's just for sending us questions that are 240 characters or less, uh, which we'd love to answer. If you want to get with us on Twitter, I'm Steve H&H. TV's Travis is TV's Travis. <laughs> and, and you can find us both there. Jacob's the sensible one who doesn't have it. Uh, thank goodness. TwoDorks.net slash support is how you support the show, and you can join our patrons. Hammerdorf, Jesse, Og, Adam and Christine of Geekheim, Oddly Normal One, and our parents... Uh, who proudly support the show means the world to us when you do that we appreciate it more than you know uh if you want to just tip us once tudorks.net slash tip is the way to do that uh and it, it certainly serves the show a little bit uh and with that man we will see you back next week for more covid talk later y'all <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
me, 